Yes, on the streets and on the air. I am Nikki B. This is the World Show. And it gives me great pleasure to have with us in the studio the legendary, the iconic, the amazing, the soulful, the beautiful Jonathan Butler. Great to have you on the World Show. Good to be on your, to be with you. I mean, you are the true, you're the real thing. You are the real thing. I've been enjoying you playing all this music. I'm excited to be here. Um, it's good to be back in this, this, this city where I grew up, really, actually. And, and I can't believe this is the first time you're on the world show. I, wow. I, I just, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, this is ridiculous. Well, thanks to Michael Moetti over there, because uh, <laughs> that brother has been working really hard behind the scenes to, to make... Uh, to make me to get make me known, huh? <laughs> yes. No, and there's no excuse. Actually, I was saying to Pizzo, thanks to Brother Pizzo, who also yeah. was part of the arrangement. Right, right. Well, but, thank you, Brother. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> but I was saying to him yesterday, no, no, no. This is chapter one with Jonathan. <laughs> and not only that, I'm not going to wait like years for the next chapter. Right, right. There's so much happening soon. Yes. We're going to have to make this. The first three chapters are going to have to happen over the next year, I think. Let's do it. Let's do yes. it. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, you know, all all the way focused on home South Africa absolutely yes and also because your story is so rich and I felt like how am I ever going to do this in one hour and play this beautiful music well you know you know what I I always say South Africans we all we have lots of stories you know wherever we go in the world you know when people talk to us we always have a story to tell so I think mine goes back maybe 50 years of being in the music business or maybe longer than 50 years so um well, I started five years old, and actually, my first visit to Joburg, I was staying in Fordsburg. Oh, really? Yeah, then I lived in Riverlee, then I lived in Bosman, then Reicher Park, then Eldorado. Jeez, I went to Grasmere. Um, I've been sort of all over the city, and then ended up in Hillbrow back, back then. Hillbrow back then, was, when it was happening. What was yes. happening with jazz musicians. Yes. That was the place you would find some of the greatest jazz musicians just living together and playing together, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, now you, you share, and I love the way you said, Jonathan, that, uh, 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 you know, being South African, you didn't separate. The fact that you've lived for, away for so long. No, my, my heart, you know, I mean... It, I'm a South African, I mean, from my toes to my to the top of my head. You know, I represent uh, South Africa I, and Africa I've represented because it's 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 part of me it's 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 who i am you know and yes. that's the thing it's uh when i remember i remember making my first record in 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 new york and uh the guys were very fascinated with the rhythms and the melodies because it wasn't usually what they were recording and producing Earl clue you know uh, sophisticated music and and here i come with this sort of cape town melodic sounds with seventh avenue revisited and crossroads and yes. and i did going home because that was on me longing to come back home and uh, we actually did a video to look to make it look like home, but it was done in Spain, Amazing. in the mountains of Spain, just so that I can have uh, that feeling. So, I think you know God had a way to God had a way to His His hand was on me all those years, and and He knew that I, at some point in my career I will have to spend time here now and sort of download all of this information that I that I've been carrying for all these years. You know what I mean? Well, you've been carrying it, but you've also been carrying 
the flag, the way I say it is the flag up high Absolutely. for South African music yeah. and for South African stories. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not just the music. It's, it's more than that. It's much more than that. Yes. Again, Michael and I were in Canada together for the South African Music Week. And I was really honored that they chose me to be the ambassador for that time because, you know, again, it's, it's, it's sort of a responsibility and an, and an honor for me to, to represent my country. I mean, I was, I, you know, I bought my first Springbok Bokis t-shirt uh, about a, a last week. And I was thinking to myself, this is the first time in my life and my career that I bought a Springbok jersey and I prayed for them to win in the semifinals, and they did. I was on my way to the bush to go with my uh, guest. Amazing. I, I had 40 Americans with me, and they saw this jersey. They said, is that your team? Is that, is that football? I said, no, this is rugby. Yes. This is where you lose your teeth. So, <laughs> and your ears and, <laughs> and your everything. Ears and everything. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it's really, it's in the music. You know, my love for my country is in the music. It's always been in my music, and it's always been at the food table. My children are, are obviously, they, they grew up in the States, but... They know, even Afrikaans, when I'm speaking Afrikaans, they know a little bit of what I'm saying. But, uh, and Bagitu Kamalo is my Zulu teacher. Just tell him I said that. Uh, he's coming. You'll yeah. see him when he comes because just now. <laughs> in Ubuntu, yes. Uvulum Nyama, Yaneta, Africa. I said, hey, I'm trying to say it the right way. So he is my, he's my guide. Ah, oh, fantastic! He's always my guide, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. but yeah, it all it's, comes there's full a lot of circle. Stuff. Yeah. And you, you mentioned Ubuntu, your latest album, yeah. which is absolutely beautiful. But I yeah. want to get there. Yeah. Before we get there, yeah, I've got to because it's the first time on the world show. Sure. I want to go right back to the beginning. Okay. Your first guitar, when you discovered your voice. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about those beginnings. Okay, so you know, I I was born in Cape Town, uh, in Athlone, Belgravia. Uh, and I'm, I was born, I'm one of 15 children, actually. Um, I was the last one. So my mother and my father were musicians. My mother was a, a piano player and a singer. My father is from uh, Monrovia, Liberia. So my father's a banjo player and a singer and a guitarist. So I grew up with my brothers and sisters playing music. I, w I would hear it all the time. I would hear it every day. And it just, it just, vibrated to me the same thing that they had vibrated inside of me and i remember i was probably four or five years old when i first started really taking interest in the guitar you know when my oldest brother would leave the guitar i would go and pick it up i'm left-handed so i would play it upside down and um soon i began to hear the connection between the melody and the strings and I was kind of shy when I was a kid because every night in the winter, my father would make a galley outside and um, we would all gather around the galley and they would all sing, you know. And that's the way my family was. We were poor, but we were very happy. We always, I always heard the, the, the joy of music in the house. And one night I started singing along with them. I just started singing, you know. My parents did these uh, variety shows in the community centers. And my mother put my name on, on the bill and she had a little a black suit made for me with gold on the side and gold on the lapel. And I remember my first song I sang at the Bonteville Civic Hall was Tom Jones, My, My Delilah. Amazing. I was like five years old and I sang this tune and I actually, I thought Tom Jones was a black dude, you know, because he sounded so soulful. I mean, I'm still a fan of Tom Jones, but he just has that voice. So I remember singing the song halfway, halfway through the song. I fell on my knees. I don't know what made me fall on my knees with the microphone. And people started throwing money on the stage. 
And then I just dropped the mic, picked up my money, and I ran off the stage. I'm like, okay, this is it. My gig's done. <laughs> and so I, my brothers called me, hey, song class. So I went back, finished the song, and uh, my mother then started to put me in the choirs. You know, I started singing Malay choirs, uh, competing in the city hall, winning first prizes. And then I started, my father was in carnival, my brother was in carnival, my oldest brother. So I started doing carnival. And there, that's where I learned rhythms. That's what I learned the community. That's where I found the street rhythms and the street sounds was coming out of the Burkhap and District 6. And, and so I competed and you know won several trophies. I don't know where my trophies are right now, but, but that's my start was really uh, in the community with, with, with the Malay choirs. And then I started doing cabaret shows you know, in this little club called the, Golden, um, the Goldfinger Lounge. And there were some of the best artists from South Africa. I mean, singers, musicians playing there. And uh, but but just to interject, yeah. just to co- just to clarify, you were like five, six, seven years old. I was old five, six, seven dark. years old. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, I, I I sort of tell people I worked for my parents basically. You know, I was a young boy when these guys were at school sleeping. I was working. So <laughs> so and and it's still that way for me. You know, I. I I feel this great responsibility always that that I have the responsibility to whom much is given, much is expected. And I didn't know it then as a kid, but I know it blessed my mother to see my my envelope with money in it, you know. So back then I would earn, what, 25 rand uh, a week. Which was good money. Yeah, and my mother would give me, you know, two rand, you know. That was a lot of money for me. That's going to the movies. You know, buying my football, you know, and it was just um, an, an incredible time. And then my break came. I had to audition for the the Golden City Dixies play, and there was some. There was a lot of kids in this play, and so I auditioned. The, the first time I saw a white man actually in in my my parents' home, and so he when he walked in, I ran out the window. <laughs> I jumped out the window to the neighbors. They grabbed me, brought me back, and I had to sing for him. And of course, I think I sang the same song that got me some money on the stage. And I was, I, I made the audition. And now I'm seven years old, somewhere around there. And I remember the car that picked me up that night. It was midnight, but around 12 o'clock. A, a American car that I love still to this day. A Valiant Barracuda GT Fosback. They picked me up in a blanket and they drove me to Durban. I've never, sp- I'd never spoke English at all. So when I got to Durban, it was all English and I was afraid. I was a seven-year-old kid, afraid. Yes. I'm, I, for the first time, I have my own room because my brothers and I, we slept in one room, seven brothers in one room, you know. And so, yeah, I actually had my own room yes. and they turned the lights off. I was like, I was petrified. I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God. I would be laying there with my eyes open, you know, through the night. And so I, it, I, the journey has, was scary. The journey had all kinds of – my journey had all kinds of dynamics to it. Um, also being abused on the road at that early age was also a very traumatic time of my growth, you know. I'm sure. Nobody knew. My brother didn't know. My brother was with me. My, yes. But my brother had no idea. And so, you know, I wouldn't, you know, divulge anything because the person who did it was the owner of the play. Yeah, it, so it, it was, was fear. Very, it was fear, yeah. It was fear, right? So, 
Um, by the time I had then reached age nine, ten, I was still with the play. I was still singing around, and eventually I got called by the Rockets, believe it or not, to be the youngest group member to sing uh, alongside Bones and Molly Barron and uh, yes. Frankie and Claude and Cliffy. And so I was a rocket for a long time. Yes. And it was so much fun, man, because I was the little boy in the band and whenever they were fraying with their girlfriends, I'd be, I'd be sitting right there. You yes. know, these guys were just <laughs> doing their thing, you know. Um, but it was... Um, it was a hell of a journey for me, you know, the start of it. And then by the time I had come to the age of 12 is when Clive Calder and Ralph Simon discovered me singing at the, the Goldfinger Lounge. And uh, they wanted to sign me to their label, CCP here in Joburg. Yes. Um, and their office was on Elof Street at the time. And my mother agreed to get me, to sign me, you know. And of course they flew me to Joburg. And, um, I stayed in River Lee and um, came to the studio. I met Babsi Malangeni, uh, Braca, Hendrik Labona. I met Stompy Manana, um, Babsi Malangeni. I, I, I met everybody. All the great singers. All the, you know, I met everybody. <laughs> uh, it was incredible. Duke Makazi, Becky Umsaleko, um, Ezra, Dennis. I mean, it was, it was endless, the yes. talent. The, and it was all that happening at the Dorke House. Yes. You know? So uh, my, my memories are still very fresh about those years. And my first LP, we recorded the record, one record a day. It was done. Yes. Ten songs, one day. Yes. Done, you know, photo session. Yeah. And, and almost like a live take. It's like a live recording. Yeah, yeah. Like all of the, all of like the, the, the even the traditional artists with the, the groups, they were all in there recording, like all at one time. You yes. Know? And uh, it was fun, man. It was a fun time. I was very, I remember hearing Please Stay for the first time on the radio. It just blew me away. It was one of the most greatest moments of my life to hear myself on the radio because my father used to play, you know, Tom Jones and American music on the radio. We had a gramophone yes. that sometimes, you know, with the big dials that my father would always play. And I would always imagine what it would be like for me to be on radio. So my dream came true at the age of 12. I didn't know I would win a sorry award, you know, you call it Sam Award now. Yes. And that I, was sorry, I yeah, forgot about that. It was yes. called the Sari Award, you know. Yes. S S A R R Y or something. Yes. And uh and then I won two gold records for Please Stay. Amazing. And then I won my third gold record for I Love How You Love Me. I still have those gold records and the award in my home because I think those are the most special things to me to have but but i mean you speak about this jonathan i mean it's all remarkable yeah it's all remarkable but not only that to be the first black artist yeah to be played yeah. on radio in apartheid south africa yeah it's it was it was an incredible That's time huge. it was an incredible time because you know when we toured we toured zimbabwe we toured angola uh, lesotho we, and, and 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 especially in south africa i mean i played in places where there was whites only signs, blacks only signs, colored only signs, from transportation to, to buildings. And I mean, I remember being wrapped up in a blanket, you know, under the back seat, you know, and, uh, you know, they would sneak me into the hotel, you know. And I mean, I remember all those moments being heat from the cops because if they see me singing in the nightclub at that age, you know, yes. the club would close down. Yes. And so, I mean, I had I had those encounters, so I think you know it's 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 these are the stories that I sort of would like to uh, 
pe- let people know that's where my heart comes from that's where my music comes from and on top of it i never had any education i didn't go to school I you were working for the family i even the songs i sang i didn't know the meaning of the words until i you know so music taught me everything music taught me how to read music taught me how to listen to people talking music taught me how to dress myself how to feed wow. myself and uh, and music taught me geog- geography where I, I I can look at the world and say, you are, I've been there. Yes. I've been there. I've been yes. to Tokyo, you know. And yes. I mean, that's just um, an incredible dream come true experience for me coming from poverty. Like I can cannot even describe. It's know. the story. What you've just sat here and spoken about is the story of a chosen one. It was you. It was it's like as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking this is truly Somebody who was sent here with a calling. Oh man! And uh, you were you still are a chosen Uh, one, (laughs) certainly for us. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to carry on with the chat, but I think we've got to play a song. Okay. And I am so loving the new album. Thank you so much, Uh, Ubuntu. Ubuntu, yes, yes. We're going to play the title track, and then you're going to tell me about it. Okay. But for now, I have to play the opening track. I like it. It blew me away the song. It's like I have to, I have to play this song. Is it the one that was Stevie? Superwoman, yes. Yeah, you know, I got to thank my friend uh, Togozo. She, she really, she really shaped the way the song sounds. It's her, her sound shaped it completely for her. So I really love her for it. If she's listening, thank you again for stepping in there. Togozo, Togozo. Togozo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. Tell us about this track and how the collaboration came about. Well, you know, Mar- Marcus Miller, first of all, it was a dream for me that this brother would just say yes to, you know, uh, he was on my safari as my guest. And in the bush, I asked him to produce the record. And we were staying in Westcliff at the Four Seasons. And he said, hey, do you know any, st- you know, you must know all Stevie Wonder songs. I said, of course, that's my, that's my hero, you know. <laughs> and so we went into the studio and he's sitting there with his bass and he starts playing this bass line, you know. And, and and he says, hey, um, can you just follow me? And I, I'm like, I start following him, you know. And he says, no, 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 right here where we stop is when you start singing, you know. When the winter came, you were not around. And I said, oh, my God, man. He just took this song and changed it to where it's more sun and like a South African version. And to what it was meant to be. Meant to be. And Stevie <laughs> loved it. Stevie, actually, I called Stevie Wonder. I, I texted him. I said, listen, I got to play you the song. This is your song that I recorded in Joburg. I sent him the song and I got a voice message the next morning at 7.30. And he was like, Jonathan, thank you for the gift. This is a gift. This is really a gift. What can I do for you to give you a gift? And he said, meet me at my studio at 9 o'clock. And he played a moniker on the track you know you can't find Stevie Wonder you can't call him you can it's like it's rare that he shows up but we spend like four hours together so that's my favorite my favorite too absolutely yeah. beautiful yeah. and thank goodness it's Superwoman yeah. Superwoman where were you when I needed you featuring Stevie Wonder off Jonathan Butler's latest album it's beautiful we're going to be exploring it because I know you've all got the hits you should have them by now uh, <laughs> but for now we want to explore a new music and it's my honour and my pleasure you're with me Nikki B and of course Jonathan Butler is in studio with us tonight Sounds to uplift and inspire on the World Show with Nikki B. 
959. I've got to give him a clap. I've got to give him a clap. Absolutely beautiful. Jonathan Butler of his uh, latest new album, Ubuntu, and the track Superwoman, Where Were You When I Needed You? Featuring Stevie Wonder. And uh, as I said, the album's Ubuntu. Beautiful, beautiful work. Ah, thank you. You know, Jonathan, you spoke to me earlier on about what had happened to you on the road, going yeah. to Durban at such yeah. a young age. Yeah. I'm sure there were other things, maybe not as radical, but that probably happened to you because you were so young and yeah. the world was a different place then. Yeah, it was different. Yes, there weren't different. you know, the same children's rights and all people weren't that aware of stuff no, like that. No, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I, I, looking back over my life right now, I can say that perhaps I was in the front line seeing what apartheid looked like. And experienced it like on a daily basis uh, because the cast was 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 mixed, and we all had to separate because for, because of the way the the past state government was, you know. And so, uh, if you if you were white in the in, in the cast and you're going to stay in the hotel, of course, you know, the rest of us would actually have to sleep in the auditorium where we actually wow. playing. You know, wow. we had to sleep in the stadium or in the in the hall. Yes. You know, without without stretches and our mugs and our plates and you know, so it was very. Um, I think by the time I was a teenager in Joburg, I became rather um, an angry teenager. Yes. I think it's just sort of I because I could feel, you know, I was with Rajabani, I was with Ezra, I was with Stompy and Teaspoon and all these guys, you know. And I would remember, I can remember sitting in the hotel eating and I would try to be loud because I'm a kid and they would try to, you know, to, subdue me, yes. to, like speak softer. Because we, Not draw attention. Yeah, we don't yeah. draw attention because we're in a sort of a white establishment. And I remember thinking to myself, why, you know? This doesn't do, make sense. They're not doing, they're doing their thing and here we are. We, so for me, the, 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 the whole, it was very tra- dramatic for me. It was very traumatizing. And I think I kind of fell off the, you know, I kind of lost my way. Uh, that's the thing about hate and that's the thing about anger and resentment. And, you know, you, you move into a dark space. And you it find affects yourself in everything. A dark space. Yes. And it affects your whole view of life, you know. Until one day I was in Hillbrow. There's a, there was a Catholic church in Hillbrow. And I walked into the church. Something told me to go to the church. I'd never been, I wasn't a Christian back then, but I just went into the church. And in that Catholic church were all, all nationalities, all races. And it just kind of changed my, I began to realize, man, the world isn't just like what you see it is. You this, know? this is possible to this feel normal. This is possible normal. to feel normal and to have this kind of relationship with people all, all around you. And I realized how important music is and how music can bring the world together. And, you know, I was just in, in Kenya yesterday. Yes. You know, how uh, was Kenya and was what were you doing there? It was freaking amazing. You yes. know? <laughs> and I heard from a lady on my social media thing. She's a refugee from, you know, from Ukraine you know, left Russia or, or Ukraine uh, somehow ended up in Cape Town and decided, you know, she didn't like the wind. She went and ended up in Kenya. She's a mu- musician as well. And I was just blessed to see and hear her comments about how the music, you know, how the music that night, last night, made her feel so that she did the right thing. Yes. So, and I just said to her, you know, your steps are always ordered. Your steps are ordered. You know, our steps are ordered. Some of us have to kind of endure and persevere through the through these struggles so that others can have 
Freedom and democracy. Freedom, freedom and, democracy. and yes. And so now that I live in the States, I'm more aware of political situations. And, and I feel like, you know, I want to come home and really, I always want to come home and unite people through music and let people leave the state, leave the room feeling Ubuntu, yes. feeling like we, I am because we are, you know. I want that for everybody. Yeah. So do I. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the reason I'd started this question, you know, looking at your experiences as a child, because your faith throughout, you, you know, when I look at your music, which uh, your releases just, uh, uh, never mind the live performance, yeah. th this is a diary of your life, of any artist's life. Absolutely. And for me, listening to your music, your faith has been something really strong for you. No, it's been absolutely because I, I couldn't have survived if, if it wasn't for my, my faith in God and my relationship with Christ and, and, and how, that is, how that has saved me from, uh, uh, from a life that I... Because, you know, after I was famous in, with Please Stay and had all these gold records and the awards and, you know, um, I, I'm, a, I'm from a family of 12, so you can imagine. The money I made wasn't for me. The money I was making was for my, was for my family. So by the time I look back, I had nothing. But the only thing I ended up with, I, I, I became a young drug addict. Yes. I knew every I knew every drug lord in Cape Town and in Joburg. I mean, you know, I had been on buttons for a lot of my friends have died, you know, yes. Robbie Jensen, uh, a lot of people I know that I that I grew up under yes. have passed away. Mac so. as well. And then yes. when I found my found my faith. In, in, in PE, and uh, I got baptized in at, in King Neptune Beach, and uh, I'll never forget that Monday morning, the day after that baptism, I was a, I drove back to Cape Town, seven eight eight hours driving back to Cape Town, and I could feel weights of stuff leaving me. I just had a joy in my heart. I just had this this love to want to see the world better. I wanted to see everybody change, you know, and I kind of walked away from the old buddies, you know, that were still doing the pipe thing. I just walked away and kept walking till I'm here now. This is where I am because I kept walking. Because, you know, I suffered a lot of punishment as a kid growing up. Like I said, the worst thing for me was, was um, having to live with the molestation shame. Um, as a young boy, yes. right into my teens, and and so when I when I when I became a born again Christian, I I was able to re release that. I was able to release the person. Yes. I was able to let the shame of that go and the f the feelings that it was my fault or something. You know what I mean? Do so, you remember the point at which? You, you know, did you have an aha moment? Did the angels come down? Do you remember the point, or was it more like of a movement into... Well, it was really the night I was with a, a lot of young people in a room. In a, it was actually a coffee shop in PE, near Galvindale. It was above the, 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 the petrol station, there was a coffee shop, and the young people used to meet up there. And it was young Christian guys, you know. And I remember I came from the avant-garde jazz scene and drugs and stuff like that. And I was vomiting and throwing up. And, and my friend, my best friend who died, you know, he died before I got married years ago. Um, he was instrumental in leading me to that place. And when I actually raised my hand and said, I want to be just like you guys, you know, yes. and accepted Christ, like accepted Christ. I remember my hunger for for scripture, for knowledge.
And I remember that it was the Bible was the only book that I actually read from, you know, even to this day. Mm. It's still my devotional book. And so that ha-ha moment was when I was on my knees one time and I was praying and I felt the presence that I've never felt in my life before. That's like being bathed in music. You know, like you stand out here and you, you play people all this amazing music. That's what it was like for me. I was bathed in this glorious light, warmth and light that made me feel like I've never felt before. And I just like my mind had opened up, my eyes, my ears were open, my senses were open. And I began to just get hungry to know more scripture and know the, uh, not the things of God, but the ways of God. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. everybody wants the things. Yes. You know, the BMWs and the, they all want the bling bling of God. Yes. But, but not the ways, the thing that makes you a, a, a human, you know, where you love it's light and love, light and love. Yeah, yeah. So I began to follow that path and I'm still on that path. But, you know, like I said, I know we all have our own faith and journeys, but it, we are all one. Absolutely. We're all one. It doesn't Absolutely. matter, if, you know, you, if, because I believe in Jesus and you believe in Allah. I, I should respect you. Yes. I should love you and respect you. Yes. That you have that devotion. If you're a Buddhist, mm. I would love you because you have that devotion. God is one. That, that's, you know, so I'm very much like, um, I think, you know, God is everything. When you don't have any, when you don't have nothing, God is everything. So. And even when you've got everything, God is still everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. Let's hear another track. This time I want to play the title track of the album Ubuntu. Yeah. But as we move into it, tell me about, you know, the concept for this album. Did you decide I want to make an album called Ubuntu? Or how did this album come about under this theme? This, this album came about with me desiring to come home. I was... In 1973 or 74 is when I made my first record in Joburg. So I'm 60 years old now, and I want to come home and make a record with South African musicians. 50 years later. 50 years later, I come back to my home to make a record. And the first song I actually wrote was Coming Home. You know, yes. I wrote that on my way to the studios in Cape Town. And that was the first song. Um, I think it had about a million views. Because I, you know, had recorded yes. the whole thing and had it taped and stuff. And it's just really, Ubuntu then became apparently um, affected me. Uh, the, 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 the movement of Ubuntu affected me because I came for Desmond Tutu's funeral and I came to sing at the memorial, you know. Okay, yes. And I got a chance to say goodbye, you know. Uh, we were... We worked close together before, always when he's in the States, I was always connected with him. And, um, and he was the epitome for me. He was the fulfillment of Ubuntu. Yes. His whole legacy, his life was all he about was. that. And so I decided to call the record Ubuntu because in honor of Desmond. Beautiful. And in honor of what he has done for me as a person, you know. Because the night of his memorial, there was an imam, there was a Buddhist, there was a Catholic priest, there was an Anglican priest. There are people from all walks of life to celebrate this man. And it just revealed to me, we can 
we can live together, you know what I mean? Yes. We can believe together, we can have faith together, you know? And, and we can even celebrate our differences. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. It's unfortunate I am living in America where things are so crazy. <laughs> Just turning <laughs> upside down, you know? Talk about racism, I, I experienced that firsthand in, the, in America a couple of years ago, you know? I mean, I had a, I had a manager of a restaurant chase me down the street wow. for, uh, and when I when he stopped me, I stopped him and said, "What what what's what's the problem? Well, you know, can I help you?" And he's like, "I just want to know if you people paid my people a tip." Uh, so I said, "You people, your people? What are you talking about, you people?" I said, "I just paid the bill. Did you ask your people in the in the restaurant whether they got the <laughs> bill and the tip?" He goes, "No, I want to know if you guys paid my paid you know, took care of my people." So I went back into the restaurant and I called him and I said, "Dude." I am from South Africa, and I don't think I've even had a white man chase me down for a tip. Yes. I said, this must be the first time I have a white man chasing <laughs> me for a tip in the United States. I said, you know, there's something wrong with your head, man. And I, while I was talking, my, my background singer was, you know, she was on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live. So this thing went viral, you know. Yeah. It, it, was, uh, it was crazy. It went, it went viral. It blew up. And another time, I'm in the, rest, in the store getting a juice. And this white couple walks behind me and says, you know, I'm wearing a George Floyd T-shirt, you know. And they were on me about this. What do you know about racism in America? This is America, you know. Yeah. They're yelling at me in the store. And I said, I said, excuse me, does this T-shirt, is it offending you? Are you a little, ups a little nervous about the T-shirt? I said, don't be nervous about the T-shirt. I mean, this is America, right? You can wear anything you want, right? And I, she walked away. She said, go back to your effing country, you know. Yeah. I said, man... I took the trolley, pushed it to the corner, and then I just decided, go home. Because when the cops come, they're not going to arrest them. Exactly. They're going to arrest you. Exactly. And so my encounters have been pretty uh, amazing. That's why I called the record Ubuntu, because yes. I think humanitarian... The world know, needs you know, it now. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, it, means, you know, it means humanity towards others. So I was trying to be that person. And so, you know, um, I wrote about George Floyd. That's another story, too. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, let's hear the song Ubuntu. Yeah. Ubuntu of Jonathan Butler's album Ubuntu. It's the title track. He's with me, Nikki B, on the World Show. A pleasure and an honor. Coming up after this. Sounds to uplift. Sounds to uplift. And inspire on the World Show with Nikki B.
Colombian, Africa. the song <laughs> that was so beautiful oh. and what a track oh, yo that yeah. track who's that's, playing bass there that's the marcus miller of course and uh, i just got a message from Klale Machene yeah saying he performed with you and marcus on this one. Oh yeah yeah percussion yeah yes oh man he was he was ridiculous yeah he's, no, he's on he another so, level Klale. he's on another level yeah yeah and he was saying it was such an incredible experience he wants to thank you he's love. listening to the show right now it was love Yes. It was true love. I mean, everybody was just, you know, the, all the musicians from Joburg, was, was, they were so in awe of Marcus Muller. So the studio was packed every day. People yes. Just coming in and out. So I knew, you know, I knew it was the right, it was the right 
right right season for me to be there yes. because it just shifted my whole uh, musically just shifted where I wanted to be you know I think um, I needed uh, what Marcus Miller did he kind of just helped in a way I like to put it this way God really just used him to reignite that that fire that I was looking for um, and now it's just you know we all need we all need to collaborate we all need to uh, accommodate each other help each other with our music you know well we generally start, it's yeah. about community absolutely but that was really a, uh, for me Marcus was that person that helped shape the sound of the record yes he helped shape it because there's 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 Ubuntu but then there's also um, when love comes in with Kev Mo yes. um, it was about COVID it was about the many lives lost during COVID and so I co-wrote the song with uh, Tommy Simmons, uh, who wrote If I Could Change the World for Eric Clapton. And Tommy and I wrote uh, When Love Comes In. And Marcus said, you know what, we got to get Kev Mo to do a, a duet with you on the song. But the lyric and the story of the song is what's really beautiful. Yes. Beautiful, you know? In fact, there's a few songs that have very strong lyrical content on yeah. this album. Yeah. And again, and, and I don't know if we're going to get time tonight because I wanted to end with uh, our feature with Our Voices Matter, but Coming Home, you've referred to it. Yeah. It's a beautiful track. Yeah, that was the first song I wrote for the album, yes. actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but before we even talk about that song, I've noticed that most of your albums have a song that in some way refers to the concept of coming home. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've never left. That's the that's the point. I think, uh, I think there's a misconception here sometimes because a lot of people think I'm American. Because yes. I, you know, because I live there and I've been there, and I, I think I've kind of skipped many generations too. Because my generation, they know, we know, you know, musicians from our generation. Yes. So the new generation, I'm kind of like learning to see what their vibe is about me. You know? Yes. What do they know about me? Because they'll come up to me and say, hey, oh my God, are you Jonathan Butler? Can you, can you take a picture for my dad? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yes. Can you sign an autograph for my mother? My, my mother grandfather. Me, yeah. Yeah, my, my grandmother turned me on to the, your, your music. So, well, it's a compliment that if your grandmother was turning on to my music, that's a compliment, you know. No, the, the, the yeah. sign of great music is yeah. that it's generational. Go ahead. So, so this, is a, <clears throat> this is from the record, uh, When Love Comes In. I'll give you a little piece. In the air 
and say love, love will lead the way. Said and this is where love comes in. Oh, love comes in. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Where love comes in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where love comes in. My week is going to be fantastic. <laughs> You've just blessed us all. Thank, Thank you, you, Jonathan. You're welcome. Wow. You're welcome. And of course, as he said, that song, obviously a different version, yeah. is on his album, yeah. uh, the Jonathan Butler's Ubuntu. 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 Yes. This is where it's at right now. Yeah, that's where it's yes. at. And you know, it, I'm also, uh, just a quick, quick note. Yes, I'm yes. also, um, Ubuntu is, is a movement, and I, um, I'm actually part of a... Um, um, the Ubuntu evi- environment movement in in the U.S. You know, oh, amazing. Um, teaching, teaching, how, uh, learning how to live with the environment and treating the environment correctly, so that we can be sustained by the environment instead of destroying the environment. Yes. So the Ubuntu um, uh, environment uh, initiative is, is 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 was spearheaded by a lady out of D.C who does a lot of stuff for Juneteenth and the White House. And, and so she approached me to be on the board. And um, so I think even here in South Africa, you know, we, we got we to gotta learn how to... We've got to keep spreading that, that we gotta, message. We've got to yeah. spread the message of keeping our environment, you know, staying close to our environment and also respecting our environment so that we can, we can eat and get nourished from the earth. So that harmony prevails on all levels. On really. all levels. It's just yes. not, you know... Honoring the earth, honoring, honoring the planet. Honoring the earth, you know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, if, you co- if we come back to this, and that's a whole, probably a whole other conversation, but we shouldn't be having hungry people. No, no. Especially in a place like this. No, no, no. We no. have land, we have sun. Absolutely. You know? And they should not be. And that is part of yeah, the consciousness. Yeah. But of that's honoring. why I come home, you know, because yes. I feel like I, I feel like there's, if there's definitely why I keep coming back home. And I'm looking forward to spending more time, you know, uh, perhaps three, four months uh, at home in the coming years. Well, yeah. next year you've got a whole lot planned. I have a lot planned. Tell us yeah. what we can expect or at least give us a hint. Well, we have, a, we have the... It, it's, next year is the 30th anniversary of democracy, which is a proud moment for me because irrespective of the bad things we see each day, we, we have to sit back and think about the good things that we've accomplished as a nation, you know. Um, today we support our rugby team, you know. Uh, so it, it just says to me that um, next year is the 30th uh, anniversary. I'm, I'm going to be home for that. And uh, we are planning with Mr. Mohedi here, we are planning a, a nine-city tour national tour that, and uh, so that we will celebrate in that 30 years I'll be coming home to celebrate nine that. city national no, tour we're talking tour. South Africa and yeah. who knows it might even be more <laughs> who knows there might even be more <laughs> yes. but when I go home now I'm going I'm going straight on a on a 
you know, touring in November, and then I have 20, 24 shows in December. Wow. Till the end of, you know, uh, doing my jazz Christmas tour. Across that, the States. Across the States until I get home on the, on, on the Chris, Christmas Eve. I get home. Amazing. Yeah. Just in time to, to, to be with your to, family. To, yeah, to be with my family, yeah. So, but yeah. Ken, just to clarify, what are you telling me the right thing? Just to clarify, so you're telling us that next year yeah. you're going to be back and you're going to be wherever you are in the country, yeah. you're yeah. going to be close to one of Jonathan's performances. I want the music, I want to take the music to, I want to take my music to the people. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't believe that, you know, in the old concept, like, you know, you have to perform only at the, at the major centers. You know, at the yeah. major centers, there are millions of people that want to see the show. Yes. So why not take it to them instead? Absolutely, it makes more sense to me. Well, you Jonathan, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a, a request now. Okay. When you come back next year, before you start the tour, let's do chapter two of our conversation. I would love to do and, that. And uh, we'll catch up with what's happened since you yeah. know with your your US tour and yeah. so forth. And what is to come, we'll be talking more about that. I'm ready. Right now, though, we're going to end with one track of uh, of your album Ubuntu. I wish you could play more. Uh, chapter two is yeah, coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one, I want you to tell us the story behind. It's our voices matter, and I'm going to play the acoustic version. Yeah. Well, I, you know, our voices matter was a conversation. Uh, George Floyd had just been killed. Um, live on American TV, the whole world saw it. And it, it, it was such a trigger for me growing up in South Africa and during the times of the uprising and you know, the, just, just the many lives lost during the time. And when I saw the George Floyd killing, it really just triggered something. And I was so frustrated, you know, I, I called my friends, Dave Cars and all my friends and said, you know what, as the musicians, as a community, we need to speak up about this. We can't just be focused on our base and our fans and be scared that our fans, you know, will not support us because we have a, um, we have a belief, we have a right to speak out. Actually, and in I just a way, wanted, you have a responsibility as an artist. And as a, as a responsibility, yeah. I said, you know, I mean, as, as I said, dude, as a gay brother, friend of mine, you, you stand for the rights that you want. So here is, in your face, a, a, you know, an unjust crime committed, you know, to another human being. And I said, you know, um, our voices matter, David, and we need to say something about this. So I ended up, I, I, I'm connected with my friend, Michelle Weiss, and we wrote this, 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 this conversation. And I called Jeffrey Osborne and Gerald Albright and Kirk Whalem and uh, Candy Dolfer from Holland and, and, and everybody, Mesa, everybody came to the table, you know. But we ended up with just the unplugged version yes. of, of Our Voices Matter. And I think if people listen to, you know, guys don't listen to lyrics, you know, guys are. We don't listen to <laughs> lyrics, man. But it, the lyric is, the story is about George Floyd and the story is about the unjusticeness, you know. And we are the equalizers. I'm, I'm yes. one of the equalizers. I want to yes. be one of the equalizers. That's it. Not the dividers, the equalizers. So, and uh, I, I love the fact that you also left the acoustic version. Yes. Because it's almost stripping it bare. Absolutely. You know. So you can just hear the story. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing it because that, that no, makes me happy. No, we've got to yeah. end. And look, I'm going to be playing the rest of the album in weeks, months and years to come. Yeah, yeah. John 
Jonathan Butler, thank you so much for joining us on today's Nikki World Show. Nikki B, it was show. great to be in your space. I yeah. mean, your space is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I can see why they leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because your space is very sanctified. It's beautiful. It's cool. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank Thanks, you for man. beautiful music. Thank you. And for using your music as a platform to spread light and love in the world. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan Butler. Love you, my dear. Yes, coming up now, our voices matter. The bonus acoustic version of Jonathan's album, Ubuntu. And then we are going to be joined by the second esteemed guest of tonight. He is the master bassist, Bagiti Kumalo, on The World Show. Let's go! You're listening to Kaya 959. Are you ready? You're listening to Kaya 959. On the streets. On the air.